the Geek Confidential Podcast, a great place to get away with it all. always is craig peters welcome hi luke and special guest star jamie giddens from dame time confidential has joined us as well welcome jamie hi i thought you might appreciate the heather locklear reference i was like i was how am i going to introduce jamie today i should have negotiated that in my first contract way way back last year when we recorded the x-men podcast yeah, special guest star anytime I appear. <laughs> well, the reason you're on today is because Riverdale premiered on the CW, and you're a big fan of that show, or a big fan of the Archie series, I should say. So before we get to that, though, just because we're going to tease it a little bit, Craig, tell me about Xander Cage. On the last podcast, you um, like I was excited because it was motorcycles surfing. Did it live up to the expectation because I oh. didn't get a chance to see it? Oh, I honest to God, I got... Uh, this is what I'm going to say. Leave your brain at the door, take your seat in the third row, suspend all knowledge of logic, physics, and anatomy, and fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. This movie starts out with Jander Cage jumping off of a, of a, a, a television tower onto the side of a mountain and basically surfing, not surfing, skiing down the entire mountain, uh, ending up uh, on lower down on a, on a uh, skateboard and, and all the way out to the ocean. I mean, with, with a little device from the television tower, it is a thrill ride. It is a lot of fun. There's no but not sense that to great. It. No logic to it. No, I thought it was a blast. I mean, it's no, it's didn't get great reviews or anything because there's no real story to it. It's the same. The thing's been done over and over and over again. But if you are an action junkie, I cannot imagine you won't really like this movie. It's not out of five stars. What? Out of five stars. I'm going to give it three and a half because it is predictable. The Tony Collette is a wonderful actress, but she is terribly miscast in this or terribly misdirected. So. It, it, I'm giving it three and a half, but don't worry about that. Go to, for the action. Love the action. It's got Donnie Yen, uh, Chris Wu. It's got Tony Ja. Uh, it's got great kung fu scenes, great fight scenes, but it's it's a dumb movie, but a lot of fun. So if you're an action junkie like me and my buddies, we loved it. Got a great kick out of it. But don't go there expecting a great movie. Go there expecting great action. And and Samuel L. Jackson. He's in everything. Okay. Well, <laughs> Jamie, was Riverdale what you expected it to be? I know for years you have talked to me on and off the Daytime Confidential podcast about your lovey, love for Archie, Veronica, and Betty. You read the comics. You've told me the personal stories about how you read those comics. Did it live up to the ex- your expectations? It actually exceeded them. Um, I was kind of expecting it to just be like, let's turn Archie into 90210. But what they did is kind of merge Twin Peaks 
with the Archie, with the, you know, it was a mixture of, I would say it was like Twin Peaks meets Gossip Girl, but in a small town. But as I was telling you offline, every teen soap opera has borrowed from Archie and that, that, you know, quintessential triangle of Archie, Betty, and Veronica, where you have the boy torn between the snooty, vain girl and then the wholesome good girl. I mean, 90210 did it with uh, Brenda, Dylan, and Kelly. Dawson's Creek did it with Joey, Dawson, and Jen in the first season, and then it moved over to Pacey. I mean, and, and then Gossip Girl with Serena Vanderwoodson and Blair and... Um, well, Nate to begin with, but they fought over the other boys. But, you know, that that whole, I always bring it up, and I'm always talking about it with our daytime uh, lineup, because it's pretty much an unbreakable formula. If you get a boy and you put him in to a triangle with two polar opposite archetypes and, and execute it well, you're going to have a popular teen story. So I'm glad that the the team's triangle that started it all is, has finally found its way to TV. Okay. Craig, what were your first impressions of Riverdale before we dive well, my, in deeper? My first impressions, I liked it better than Jamie did. And I started reading Archie when I was eight years old, which many of you know is a long, long time ago. But since he already a long time ago, <laughs> but since he stole, since, since he stole twin peaks, I'm going to say Northern exposure and, uh, 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 the new Fart Fargo. I, I absolutely loved it. I, there were some distracting things, of course, because it is different than the, uh, different than the, uh, the Archie comics. But um, Archie was right on. Uh, Betty Betty was far better than I ever expected to be. Uh, and Veronica just knocked my socks off. I mean, not to be too cliche, but she did. She was gorgeous. She was. She was witty when she needed to be. She was serious. And I, I'm telling you, from start to finish, even Jughead, I thought I could never like Jughead in this. Uh, uh, it, I'm just, this is my favorite show on CW at the moment. And I've only seen one episode. So I'm telling you. More I think than they, Supernatural? I think, uh, How more than dare you? <laughs> and I love, obviously, I love Supernatural. So this thing just absolutely captivated me from the beginning. And I didn't want it to be. I didn't expect it to be. It just, it's just terrific. Just great. Let's dive into the triangle. Archie is portrayed by KJ Appa. Uh, Betty is portrayed by Lily Reinhardt. And Veronica is portrayed by Camilla Mendes. Jamie, this is the iconic triangle. How, what did you think of the casting? What did you think of how they set it up? Was the or Were the friendships established the way you wanted them to be? Is... Archie, the boy who's torn between the two girls the way he's supposed to be? What did you think? Wow, that was a multi-part question. I um, love multi-part <laughs> questions. After 10 years of podcasting, you should know this. Yeah, so, yes, uh, all of the above. I think the casting was perfect. Um, when I use, Whenever uh, reboots or uh, reimaginings of classic franchises happen... You know, you, there are reactions. Like when I first learned that Betty would be Latina, I thought, I mean, not Betty, I'm sorry, Veronica, I thought, wait, but, you know, that was such a big part of the story that she was blue blood and that she, you know, was a snob. And, you know, so I, that was kind of a wait and see moment, but they, they it was perfect. I mean, you know, and I love how 
diverse they made the canvas all around. But back to the, just this triangle. Um, Archie, they couldn't have found a better Archie. I know, Luke, you don't like the dyed hair. That, but, um, well, as and Craig, or Craig and I were talking about this before the podcast, and I was like, Craig, I said, I'm more than happy to bring up the hair because I have talked about hair on actors for 10 years. Well, the, I the, think it's the hair on the, the hair on Archie was one of two things that pulled me out of the episode. Oh. It just it, it needs to look a little bit more natural. Uh, I, it's, to I, me, I, it, to I, me, it's the male equivalent of uh, Clary on Shadowhunters. That color oh just God. does not work. If you looked at any of the advertisements that the CW did to promote this, you'll see that I think that was intentional. Archie's hair was not a realistic color red, and I think that they were going for that comic book uh, kind of colorful appeal to it because you know all of the ads were kind of like this noir comic um situation and you know outside of casting prince harry you weren't really going to find you know that hunky prince harry as art as archie well there you go i mean and you know the happy trail was perfectly orange so i was happy about that um betty i think really like craig was saying i'm really impressed because betty wasn't the most well-developed in the comic book series because she's basically just the aw shucks good girl tomboy who Archie never really sees as a viable love interest, even though he does date her often in the comic series, you know, but you always get the feeling that Veronica is the one that really, you know, sends his rocket into orbit. And (laughs) that really they really brought that home. I mean, it was that classic moment where she's getting ready to tell him how she feels in Pop Tate's diner. And then, you know, Veronica walks in and it's like, sorry, Betty, you've got competition. And they set up the friendship because my favorite of the comic book series, I always, the Archie comics, the actual, you know, Archie proper series was always more hijinks and pratfalls and Jughead eating um, a lot of hamburgers and, and Reggie schemes. But I always liked Betty and Veronica. That was my favorite series. Surprise, surprise, the girly one. And it, mostly because <laughs> it dealt with their being frenemies and they're both pursuing Archie. So that was the soapier of the of the series. And so I always loved their, you know, and so I was like, okay, they can't be, you know, like Blair and Serena. They can't just be at war. They have to really, especially since they were doing, you know, Veronica moving to town, they had to, like, establish that these girls somehow managed to be the best of friends while both... And, you know, they softened Veronica. I will say that much, you know, because... Yeah, that was one thing. She didn't quite seem as snarky or mean as she was. Yeah, and in dialogue, they brought that up because, uh, you know, since her father has, you know, pulled a Bernie Madoff, you know, she mentioned that she used to be like the evil Cheryl Cheryl Blossom, but that she's calmed down, you know, because in the comic strips, she managed to stay Betty's best friend while unapologetically going after Archie. And, oh, let's just, let me just go here. It was, it was already there for me from the moment Kevin Keller called him swell because that was a throwback to Craig's era of watching, of reading <laughs> and yep. you know, because that's what Archie was. He was a swell boy who drove a jalopy. 
But when Veronica first called him Archikins, I just lost it. Because I was like, oh, you know, because that is straight from the series. You know, she calls her daddy Daddykins, but she might not be happy with Daddykins when he, when and if he um, turns up. Um, you know, there's a lot of, of other teen soaps. Greg Berlanti, of course, is an executive producer on this. So the, a lot of that DNA is there with, you know, all of the parents having, you know, their own secret histories and, you know, Hermione Lodge having a past with Fred. Um, that's straight out of Gossip Girl with the whole Rufus and um, Serena's mother. So you Lily. definitely saw, yeah, Lily, you definitely saw. I remember some today. Woohoo. I know. I'm proud of you. But you know, uh, <laughs> I love ice queens like Lily. So, yeah. So I think the, the essential triangle is set up. Betty is not the tomboy, scrappy girl that she is in the comp. She's more of a tragic, flawed heroine in this, which I guess that was a decided move because, of course, Cheryl Blossom, who. The Blossoms weren't that popular in the comic book series. They and you, wait, a, before uh, before yeah. this premiered, you were like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Well, yeah, because they were two of the least popular characters in the comic book series. So I was like, well, why are they so sin? You know, when I saw the promos, I'm like, why are the Blossoms? They were like, if they were like the cousin Oliver of the Brady Bunch. But the way that they're right, using right. them is really smart. Sorry, Jamie, but they did get their own comic book for a while. They did, they did, but you know there was, there was a big pushback back in the day because you know for a while Archie dated her, and Jason dated Betty, but you know there was complaints that Cheryl was too sexualized for, for the Archie universe. So I'm sure I, Cheryl, I really didn't mind. <laughs> well, well, the thing of it is, if that was an issue, Lord knows, you know, and I have seen a little bit of, of pearl clutching from our audience you know mostly about Archie and Miss Grundy but we'll talk about that later but yeah I loved the initial triangle um and I'm I'm excited to see I will say the casting has you know I've always been a diehard Archie belongs with Betty but dang if, if that closet was hot yeah I'm like this is gonna yeah, it be was this is going to challenge what I've read oh. in the books because I always wanted him to end up with Betty but so as I'm, a first episode yeah. are you team Betty or team and, Veronica I'm team Veronica right now because as much as I love Betty and Betty's so iconic to me, um, Betty's got to get some endorphins going because, you know, whatever the tragedy was with Jason and her sister and her mother, you know, she's got to become more of a stronger woman, you know, to, you know, and her mother is Madkin. Amic from Twin Peaks and Central Park West. It's like yes. holy soapgasm. <laughs> it took me out of it for a little bit, not out of it, and you know, but the fact that people who were popular teen stars when I was a teen, the Luke fact Perry. that they are now the parents on these shows is like really. I told Luke, so I'm like, <laughs> so if I was an actor, I'd be Josie's daddy. I wouldn't be one of the kids. I'd be Josie's dad at this point. And that's a little, that's always a little jarring. And that's been happening a lot. You know, all the parents on Pretty Little Liars are people who were teens or young adults on Melrose Place and Charmed. So I'm just like, dang. Getting closer to 40, Jamie. Getting closer yeah. to 40. Oh, this uh, summer. It's right around the corner. Craig, what did you think of the triangle? And are you oh. Team Veronica or Team Betty? Oh, I'm, I will always be honest to God. I love Veronica in this, but I'm always going to be Team Betty. She's the good girl. She's the one that always seemed to get the, the fuzzy end of the lollipop, as Marilyn Monroe would say. 
I grew up watching, not grew up, I, Andy Hardy was always on the TV when I was a kid. Andy Hardy, that's Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland. And, of course, he had all these, in this series, he had all these gorgeous, gorgeous actors, Lana Turner, et cetera, falling for, for Andy Hardy. And Judy Garland was the Betty. So everybody always, oh, it's so sad. He should end up with Judy Garland because Judy Garland is, is wonderful. And so when they did the Archie comics, they used that as an inspiration for all this. So just like just like uh, Jamie, even though I love this version of Veronica, I always wanted him to end up with Betty because she was such a sweet girl. She was cute and nice, and Veronica was always snarky and a, a little bit off. So she, how they maintained their friendship, like Jamie said, I'll never know through the comic books, but it seemed it seemed to work. So I am definitely team, still team Betty, but. Um, I love I love the dynamic of the three and when Veronica's in there she she and this they did a great job uh, the Berlanti team or whatever did a great job in making Be- Veronica likable she actually was encouraging Betty and Archie to be in a relationship and so yeah. I was taken aback I was I was thrown on my heels. Oh my God! I'm loving this Veronica and I'll t- I and told Luke since he's a big Gossip Girl fan and he didn't he didn't read the comics, right? Um, yeah, I Blair told Craig. War- I told yeah. Craig ahead of the time. I was like, I got a when I read Archie, it was like a ra- an occasional at my cousin's and a bubblegum strip. You don't get much out of a bubblegum strip. Well, Blair Wa- Blair Waldorf from your beloved and and I loved it too. Gossip Girl was more spot on in terms of what. Veronica was in the comic strips, spoiled, vapid, mean spirited, but lovable. And, you know, whereas this Veronica has a great vocabulary. That's one thing they're doing from Dawson's Creek. These kids, they're one, they, you know, Greg Berlanti is bringing back, you know, 15 year olds who talk like they have PhDs because, (laughs) you know, Betty's like my favorite author is Toni Morris. And I'm like, okay. At 15, you know, I was very well read, but my favorite authors were Francine Pascal, who wrote Sweet Valley High at Jackie <laughs> College. It's like, you're already grasping the complexities of Toni Morrison at 15 fucking years old. Come on. I still and haven't then, grasped them. <laughs> and then Veronica's all giving um, Breck, which, you know, I do, I would definitely feel like Breakfast at Tiffany's is probably her favorite movie. I mean, Hermione probably showed it to her. But, you know, just all the understanding of Truman Capote. And I'm like, okay, y'all are 15. There should be some talks about zits and what to do about, you know, unexpected pre ejaculation. Let's well, keep speaking, right speaking of ejaculations, what Betty and Veronica don't know is that they've got competition. What did you think of that twist with Archie and Grundy? Oh, oh my God, that's the one where that is having people clutching so many pearls on Twitter. Craig, you talk, and then I'll I'll give mine afterwards. <laughs> my thoughts on it. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It really added a dynamic. Miss <laughs> Grundy is not someone you'd want to have an affair with in the comic books ever. <laughs> So this really hot, gorgeous, g- gorgeous teacher who who happens to corner Archie in the car. Um, uh, I'm fascinated by this, and of course Archie. All Archie is, as I tell Luke, he's a white bread character. He's every you, you know you spread mayonnaise or peanut butter on his character because he has to react to all this stuff. So uh, I love I love that he has to react to this 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 teacher and and figure out how he's going to deal with. Uh, and of course, 
she is every, in my lifetime every guy i knew that was of that persuasion wanted that to happen one of these gorgeous hot teachers i can remember this gorgeous blonde uh, physical education teacher all the guys had to stand really close to the trampoline if you get my drift because <laughs> when she bounced we bounced <laughs> you know and it and, but if this was real life, this would be statutory rape. Well, yeah, no, no, it would not be statutory rape. It would be child, it would be child molestation. Yes, I mean, that's, yes. And that's the thing, you know, and I, there is such a double standard with that in, in real life and in art. And, you know, that I, I'm looking at the promos and how they use that to promote the show. And it's so, it's a hot promo, but in the promo, you don't know that that's an older woman because you know the, the, they look the soaps, same age well that the yeah. thing of it is on teen soaps they cast 30 year old people half the time to play so i didn't know if, but then when i i'm watching it and look i'm thinking it's hot but then you think about it it's like wait aren't you supposed to be 15 this isn't even this even it would be wrong if he was 17 but 15 i mean that's really young and it's like it's you know if this was if they had done that on you know if Brenda Walsh's dad had banged Kelly in the first season of Not Everyone Else, the show would have gotten canceled because it would have been considered you know promoting pedophilia and you know so I wonder and I'm waiting to see the think pieces on that because I guarantee there will be because you know it is like skeevy but i mean that's the thing about soap opera and drama period i mean these things do happen in real towns we see headlines all the time about these teachers hooking up you know in fact the way it's it's starting this social media is uh and apps are the way that they're getting exposed because of course you know little boys who were like craig and his friends were of course you can't keep a secret like that if you're banging the hot teacher you're gonna tell your other little friends and you're gonna set up a private you know you're gonna set up your phone to tape it for snapchat and then that teacher is thinking oh he's mature enough to keep it between us because he has a man's body and it's like he has a man's body but a child's brain and so he's going to tell all of his little friends so i love that you know they're doing it a bit retro like they're hooking up at the lake and you know when jason blossom was murdered and so they're witnesses to this murder or they heard the gunshot and so there's that secret um that's very twin peaks um the fact that they have the body you know uh washing up and it's also it also it goes back to the original team so peyton place i mean the secrets of a small town are always just waiting to be revealed and the town's young adults are always the ones who bring the scandalous secrets, you know, back to the surface, as it were. So, uh, it's a very intriguing show. I'm, I'm very happy to say that Greg Berlani and oh, well, you know, and let's we also have to mention the guy who's been responsible for rebooting the entire Archie franchise, Roberto Aguirre uh, Sacasa, who is the creative director of Archie, and I love his backstory because. For Daytime Confidential, I do a lot of fan fiction, as people know. I call them wishful casting and wishful storytelling. Archie's creative, uh, chief creative officer, got into this by doing fan fiction. I think that is so 
awesome. He was a, an aspiring playwright, and he did a play here in Atlanta called Archie's Weird Fantasy, which was not licensed by the Archie Company at the time, and it was going to premiere at Dad's Garage Theater, which is a really famous uh, improv and um, sketch comedy place here in Atlanta. When Archie found out, and, and the plot of Archie's Weird Fantasy was going to be that Archie grows up, comes out of the closet as gay, and moves to New York City, and all of the Archie characters are in New York City. And it was basically a spoof on it. Well, Archie found, Archie Comics Corporation found out about it and sent a cease and desist because they didn't want that play to happen. And so, but that caused, but they were like, wow, this is really good writing. And he ended up going to work for them. And, you know, he was able to help, you know, make Kevin Keller gay. And, you know, and now is bringing this to TV. So I'm like, hell yes, fanfic writers rock. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of those supporting characters. Uh, we have Cheryl Blossom, Kevin Keller, Moose, cannot forget Jughead. He was actually more of a main character. What was your just overall take on those characters, Craig, uh, Jamie? Well, I'll start with Jughead. Um, Jughead is so moody and a little bit know, emo, introspective and angry, and yeah. So that that's totally different than the Jughead in the comic book series, who's just kind of goofy and comic relief. Screech from Saved by the Bell would be. Jughead, you know, that's kind of how I always envisioned a TV version of Jughead. So that's totally, they flip Jughead on its head and <laughs> literally, and he's, you know, this really kind of sexy bad boy type that's like got this anger. Something went down between him and Archie and we're trying to figure it out. And he's writing a novel about all of this. Um, and, you know, it's, it's little Cole Sprouse who we watched grow up from Friends. And, um, you know, then he had his own show with his twin brother, The Sweet Life. Um, he's so one I'm, of I'm, the Sweet Life kids? I did not yeah, realize that. Yeah, they okay. all grown up. Well, he's Ross's little boy from Friends. That's the one that Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, that does yeah. make me feel old. So Thanks, he's, Jamie. You know, so he's I was in acting, college. He's been acting his whole life. I mean, he's pretty much the biggest name among the young people in the canvas. Um, the rest are pretty much re uh, relative unknowns. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I think it's great that he's the narrator of this. And, you know, it's through the, you know, the con the convention of him writing a novel. Um, I can't wait to find out why he and Archie fell out. Um, Cheryl Blossom is, you know, Cheryl awesome. Blossom is the, awesome. is, is the awesome. rich bitch. Yeah, she's, she's who I would have assumed Veronica would be. But um, yeah, and... You know, the whole who who holds hands with their their, you know, fraternal twin brother. So I'm like, maybe she killed him because there was some incest stuff going on. That was kind of odd. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that Kevin Keller is already in town, you know, because that's a later Archie Comics character. I was kind of taken aback that he wasn't blonde, but I'm like, yeah. OK, I'll go with that's it. what you know, Greg mentioned to me before the podcast. Yeah, no, Moose no, is supposed to be blonde, and Kevin Keller... I mean, Moose, yeah, Moose and Kevin Keller were both blonde in the comic strips, but they're both uh, dark-haired guys who are banging by the lake, because I'm definitely happy with that. Do you um, like Moose being bisexual? <laughs> I love it, but I will say, I, you know... Well, oh, see, I didn't know it was bisexual. I thought it was just a closet case. So, um, uh, yeah. According as, to Wikipedia, Archie's jock friend and closeted bisexual who prop okay. uh, propositions Kevin. Well, that's he's awesome. Gotta have, he's got to have, there's got to be a midge in there. Well, that's right? what I told Luke. I was like, 
as I was like, when Kevin is like, Moose just showed me his appendage, and it's a horse. So I'm like, okay, right on. Look, fist pound, right on Moose. <laughs> Moose is packing. <laughs> but I'm like, the first thing I think when they're about to go screw, and I'm like, ooh, yay. But then I'm like, but what about Midge? <laughs> so I'm sure Midge will turn up at some point. Love that Josie from Josie and the Pussycats is a sister, because you know, look, R&B groups, girl groups. Hey, this is the new Destiny's Child. I'm loving it, and I love that Archie wants to write for them. Um, really she was, she was awesome. Movies. I really liked how they just incorporated it, and it was a nod without being blatant. Well, and the thing of it is, um, Sabrina the Teenage Witch yep. has been mentioned. As um, and from what I hear, she's going to be darker and more of like a real Wiccan, and I'm really glad about that because I was very disappointed about the little ABC sitcom version of Sabrina. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really excited. Smithers. Oh my God. Smithers. That was just incredible that they found a way to have Veronica's beloved and trusted, um, Butler. Now it's what they really did with this. They kind of gave a little bit of, the Smithers relationship to Hermione. So I guess we're going to see Veronica bond with Smithers because Smithers basically raised her in, in the comic series. Robin Givens is going to be playing Josie's mother. You know, Robin Givens is, you know, you know, was married to Mike Tyson and is huge um, in, you know, the black TV and film audiences. So they really are, they did a lot to try to bring in a lot of viewers which that's a little distressing because the ratings weren't that great, but the CW doesn't have the same benchmarks as everyone else does. And so I'll be, I'll be very interested to see how it did on Netflix because it debuted the same night on Netflix around the globe as a Netflix original. So they partnered with Netflix on that. So that's really smart. Molly Ringwald is supposed to be in this. Have you seen this? Yeah. She's Archie's mother. I, did, was she in there? I didn't see her in the in this. No, episode. she's they're breaking. You know, they're estranged in the in the. Yeah, pilot. I know that. Yeah, so but, but she that, didn't that, show up. You bring up Molly Ringwald, and that is that reaching out you were talking about. Oh because, heck yeah! I mean, my God, Molly Ringwald. Oh yeah, I want to see this. You know, um, I didn't like I said, I didn't see her in the episode, but I knew she was supposed to be in it. So no, and she was also a mom on Secrets. Secret Life yes. of a Teenage Pregnant Girl or something. What was the name of that show? Um, <laughs> I didn't really like that. Be, before, but, and I want to also ask Jamie about Luke Perry, but before we get to that, Craig, what was your what are your thoughts on all the supporting characters? Which stood out for you? Well, I had a... I, as the hair, they need to get Archie a brush. <laughs> if they're going to keep the hair looking that color, I agree with you guys on that. Uh, but other than that, I loved Archie. Um, Moose, yes. It shocked the heck out of me where, where they went with Moose, but it it kind of fit, but I miss Midge. Uh, the, the, I had a kind of a weird crush on, on Josie and the Pussycats, so that threw me a little bit for a loop, but as it, but it was wonderful. I mean, it, it turned out to be great. Um, and, of course, the, the idea that Archie is probably going to end up with the Archies eventually, since, guess what? He's writing music. That's got to go someplace, I would assume, because that was always in the comics. Um, and uh, Sugar Sugar was a great hit at the time. I thought um, that's what Josie and the Pussycats were going to sing, where they were like, we're going to do this old hit. I just knew it was going to be Sugar Sugar, but yeah. you're right. <laughs> it has to be Archie. He has to do Sugar Sugar. has to be the Archies, absolutely. So, um, yeah, there's 
Luke Perry is probably Luke, my biggest you know surprise. What we're talking about? No. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, well, I'm not even trying to pretend. This episode about, is about you guys exalting and what you're enjoying. Every radio station played it every hour all over the country. Even, even radio stations that weren't pop played Sugar Sugar. And of course, it was used in commercials. It was this, this massive hit. And this was, you know, it's kind of like, the the um, the monkeys were created for the TV show, and of course they ended up with major national hit. Same thing with Archie. Archie was created for for whatever they wanted to do, and of course they got this huge hit, Sugar Sugar, which was on everything all the time. But it's such a good song and such a lighthearted, fun song that nobody minded. But of course it was this Archie's a a fictional group made up to do the Archie song, so it. Archie's going to have to do this. He's going to have to have his own group, and he's going to have to be singing "Sugar, Sugar." It, it, it's got to happen. But the fact that Moose didn't have get back to the characters, the fact that Moose didn't ha- have blonde hair, and he wasn't relative to everyone else. I expected him to be bigger. He's the, the biggest one, I, biggest guy I saw. But I expected him to seem a little bigger. But the reference to him having this massive uh, <laughs> protuberant, protuberance, penis. Penis. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll go with we'll go with James. Was was a reference to the fact that he's bigger than everybody else in the show. So so I like uh, you know I, I like the character. Uh, you didn't see much of him yet, and who knows? You may, maybe see more. Maybe Jamie will like that. I don't know. <laughs> but but honest to God, Jughead's the one that surprised me the most. I mean, I really liked Jughead. I expected. I was afraid of what they were going to do with him because he's always the the lame and the lameo in the in the series. He's kind of like um, uh, in Dobie Gillis. Um, mm-hmm. He's the who's the what's the guy the guy's name? Uh, the, the guy that went on to be Gilligan. I know exactly who you're talking about. Bob Den- um, John yeah. Bob Denver. Bob Den- um, he, he went on to be. That's what I expected Jughead to be. Jughead was that in the in the and I imagine that's where they came up with the the. Uh, uh, Maynard G. Krebs, that's what it is. Maynard G. Mm-hmm. Krebs. Uh, that's that's what Jughead basically was. That's the character. Yeah, I he, and, and for our daytime audience, he was a Spinelli. I mean, he was the lovable geek. And so he is yeah, not there you in go. geek mode in this. And I he's did, not very lovable acting either. No, I, I did really read in, in Ad Week that he will still be obsessed with hamburgers. Like, so uh, he will. And that made sense. That is that why he's at the burger joint? Yeah. Well, I want to. I wish I would have grown up in that small town, though, because you know I grew up in a town like Riverdale, and everything closed at nine o'clock. So I, the fact that Pop Tate stays open till midnight, <laughs> I'm like, well, hell, my teen years would have been much more fun if the you know actually I think ours was called Mister H's, and I, it closed around. Uh, I think it closed around 10 or 11, but then it eventually did go all night, but that's after I went to college. So those are the things that I'd come back and complain about. What? It's open 24 hours now? But the kitchen wasn't up, open 24 hours. Anyway. I grew up. It? Sorry. That what were you saying? I, I grew up in the 50s and 60s. 50s, most, most of my really young life. Um, 50s and 60s in Riverdale. We had two late night diners, all night diners. We had two places where you could go. If you if I snuck out of the house, I could head to this late night diner, play some 
play some pinball, have a milkshake or a, a burger. So when I did sneak out, that's where we went and we so met. Now, where so, did you grow up? Let me ask. Uh, Quincy, Illinois, right on the. I was, you, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I've always felt that even though I identified with Riverdale because it's a small town, it always feels like Riverdale in the Archie comics is more Midwest. Exactly. And, yeah, in the in the South, they try to shut everything down by because <laughs> you never <laughs> know what's going to happen once the moon comes out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but here in Nebraska, they do the same thing. I'm used uh, to being you able. You can't go in Lincoln. Yeah. It's well, terrible. They roll, they roll the roll the sidewalks up like, at ten o'clock. Well, and, and then if you then if you go to North Dakota where I was, I went back for a couple of years. They don't even open anything before noon on Sunday, and I'm like, what the hell? Oh, no, that's they crazy. closed the motels. I couldn't get a motel room after oh, ten o'clock in, that, in North Dakota. You know, the Miss Grundies yeah, well, of the world would have had a problem with that. But I tell you, I have been looking forward to this show since 1990. Because in 1990, uh, which was, they did the Archie and Archie Anniversary series. Yep. And they did a TV movie called Archie Return to Riverdale. And it starred Chris Rich, who first became popular as Sandy Corey on Another World, <laughs> as Archie. He came on as Archie, and it was it was it basically the the plot of the TV movie centered around Archie's fifteen uh, year high school reunion, and uh, Veronica was you know still a bombshell, but she'd been married multiple times. Lauren Holly, uh, also a, a soap opera alum, uh, was Betty, and I, yeah, she was a grade school teacher. Veronica had had multiple husbands and she was throwing herself at Archie. Uh, Archie married, you know, Ar no, he didn't, he wasn't married. He had some other fiance from another town. So then he's bringing her to the reunion and she's like, so what about these girls, Betty and Veronica? And he's like, oh, let's not talk about that. And then he like, gets, you know, pulled <laughs> right back into it. And it was all, it was supposed to be the setup for a weekly series, but you know, they, it never went anywhere. So I was just like, Oh, I would have loved it. It was, the movie was a hit and it was supposed to be, you know, um, no, 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 actually the movie flopped. That's what it was. It got a lot of positive buzz, but they were hoping it would be a backdoor pilot. So God, I have written so much fanfic since then. And so to see this happen, I will say Greg Berlanti is just really getting to, He's like appealing to the Luke Kerrs of the world and the Jamie Giddens of the world because he started off writing soap, you know, Dawson's Creek, Brothers and Sisters, and now he's like in charge of most of DC's TV universe. And then he comes over with Archie. I'm like, he is really the the merging of, you know, 40-something-year-old guys' pop culture loves. And I just really hope that – I talked to my 20-year-old sister – the other day, and I was like, did you watch Riverdale? And if not, why not? <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> I don't really watch the CW. And I'm like, damn it, how do we get more millennials to watch this? Uh, because it's it's a really good show. Um, the, there's been a lot of promotion. There have been a lot of print ads, and you know they've done a lot of nice, glossy uh, advertisements, but they're not advertising it at the strength of Gossip Girl. If you remember with Gossip Girl, there was just almost screaming advertisements everywhere you looked. Oh, my God, you won't believe what this show is going to do. And oh, so yeah. I'm wondering why there's not that much of a push for Riverdale. I hope that it, you know, the fact that the CW 
doesn't require you to have monster um, ratings, you know, on broadcast all the time. I hope that that gives it chance to a chance to get some legs. What I'm wondering with Riverdale, though, my brother wants to see this, and I wanted to see, really wanted to see it. So, I mean, think about it. We're the next. We're the older generation who grew up with with the uh, Archie comics back in the 50s and 60s. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if it starts bringing in some of us, admittedly, we're not the target audience. They want to get people who, uh, uh, you know, buy the products kind of thing. But it, uh, but the the audience could include many of us who want oh, to Oh, and see. I'm sure they wouldn't. The CW probably would not turn away the thought of finally you know, because that's been a problem with the CW and its its predecessors, the WB and UPN, that they never managed. They followed the Fox model, because if you remember when Fox, the TV network, started, yes. it initially went super young. You know, yep. 21 Jump Street and then, you know, Married with Children and later 90210. Those shows all, you know, in living color, they were all aimed at the younger demo. But Fox and urban demos, you know. But then once Fox, like, had its footing, they were able to do shows like, you know, that kind of Twin Peaks that kind of brought in an older demo. And, you know, you know they skew a lot older now. I mean, they, they basically have the same demographic um, spread as the other big three. And that worked really well for Fox, but the, the UP, UPN, the WB, and the CW have never managed to move beyond that whole let's start um, urban and or teen and then build into a full-fledged contender yeah, the, against the, the big four. The closest they ever got really to that, having that type of a show was Gilmore Girls because it was such a ratings, um, it was so big in the ratings for so long, but it still could never, I mean, it, even its biggest ratings was were always like small stuff for the other three. Uh, well, and their best creators tend to like, you know, that's why I like that Greg Berlanti has come home to the CW, because usually what happens is you launch a big show on the CW, like, I mean, or, the, or one of these shows, because, you know, they're still pretty much, the UPN and, and WB are still in its DNA. So, you know, Ryan Murphy had popular, Kevin Williamson had Dawson's Creek, but then they get the cachet from those shows being so buzzworthy that they are then able to say, hey, well, now I'm going to go over to one of the big four and, and make a decent living, and I'm going to leave the little netlet behind. But Greg Berlanti is like, I'll make shows for the netlet. I'll make shows for NBC. I'll make shows for everyone. He is like an, a factory at this point. Well, Jamie, I want to ask you one thing, because over the years, you have talked about 90210 over and over and over. So what <laughs> because was, and so what the father of the teen soap by Fred, who doesn't so, like to learn history. <laughs> so what did you think of Luke Perry? I found it really interesting when I first saw that he was cast, because he stayed away from the new 90210 like the plague. And I assumed and it, there was him. good reason, because that was the plague. Well, but it ran five years, and... You know, somebody cashed some good checks off of it, but he did not want to come back and play the dad on nine. You know, after having been the teen hunk, and maybe that was just like a, you know, well, who wants to go back and play the same character again? But 
you know, I did kind of get a chuckle that I'm like, oh, so you wouldn't come back and help your own <laughs> original Teen Soap franchise, but you're essentially doing the same thing on this one. I think it's awesome. I mean, you know, Craig probably, know, Craig does know this because he read them. You know, the the adults in this are so much hotter than they were from Ms. Grundy to, I mean, Archie's dad was, was fat and bald, right? Yep. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. Like, so, you know. Well, Luke they were supposed Perry, to be our, they were supposed to be our parents. Right. And they, our you know, parents were just exactly the way the comic book portrayed uh, Archie's parents. They were our parents. We were supposed yeah. to be the, the and young Ms. and hot Grundy ones. And looked like a, basically she was like a spinster. But, you know, unmarried women today are not sp considered spinsters. And dads. You know, not all dads want a dad bod. So obviously, you know, Archie, I love the fact that it's like, everyone's like, Archie, what were you doing? You know, were you lifting weights? What were you, what kind of um, Reggie was all, and Reggie's Asian. I love that. But, yeah, um, that one threw me a little bit. <laughs> you know, well, I, 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 I think they're just trying to reflect the world because, you know, when oh, these yeah. comics, you know, debuted, it was just, let's only market to white people. And, you know, the world has changed. So I love the fact that, they did that. I was kind of thinking Reggie would be an asshole because he was an asshole in the comic strips, but it's kind of like he and Moose are just Archie's boys now. Um, but back to, yeah, back to the dad. Yeah, I was like, whoa, so Archie's dad is, is still good looking and, you know, and there might be some situation there with Hermione Lodge. I really did think, like, you know, I mentioned this before, the whole Hermione and uh, Mr. Andrews and oh, you dumped me for the rich guy. That's totally, totally gossip girl. I mean, that is like they're they're definitely doing a whole gossip girl nod there. Um, so well, yeah, it's, cliche, I'm, it's cliche. Also, it's really yeah, it's cliche. you know, it's it's oh yeah, that is totally you know when you have a guy you know teenagers who fall in love, you reveal and and the thing of it is, it does happen. It's cliche, but a lot of cliches are for a reason. My of course, cousin, they happened. You know, my cousin married a guy who, you know, her mom dated his dad in high school. And, you know, we I always teased her. I'm like, you sure y'all don't need to run some DNA tests? And she'd laugh. <laughs> but there was like, no, oh, like my aunt left town many, many years before she married and had children. But, you know, I was just always like, you know, the soap, I've always found soap opera in life, even where it isn't. And I'm like, wait. That isn't odd to you guys that, you know, your mom dated his dad, but that's what happens if you live in a small town, especially for generations. Or if you, like with my aunt, she came back with her children after a divorce. And, you know, then her high school sweetheart's uh, son fell in love with her daughter. And so it's like it happens over and over again in small towns. And so, yeah. Craig, going now. Home. Most small towns don't have a big glamorous apartment building like that, though. I'm like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, but but it, it depends on how small the town is, I suppose. Because if like an older Omaha, for example, they used to have the what was it, the cattle district, and now those buildings yep. that were used used to be the slaughterhouses and things have been turned into penthouses and, and restaurants and all that kind of stuff. So I could see where if you had some slaughterhouse type buildings that that could be done craig going forward what would you like to see in this season for uh riverdale well i want to see midge uh, you gotta see midge uh you've got to see <laughs> archie coleman's hair <laughs> that was distracting 
But what I what I want to see is like um, Jamie said. I want to see, uh, and we've already seen that when when uh, when Betty goes out for the the uh, cheerleading squad, she faces down her mother, and I love that. She's got to be a stronger character. She's got to be um, not necessarily athletic, but she's got to be more forceful and more and more dynamic and basically her own woman, as again Jamie said, that's got to happen because she's got to be she's got to be that character. I want to see a lot more of Jughead because even though he's not the character I remember, I really like this character. I really like the guy that's playing him and like the character. I didn't know where he came from or anything. But uh, I want the I want the story between um, the uh, Andrews and Lodge, you know, the parents. I want that to continue on because I kind of like that. I'm not a big Luke Perry fan or anything. I hardly know who he is, but I like I like this character that he played. If you don't so know who he is, is, you should watch Jeremiah. He is fantastic in Jeremiah. Got it. I, well, I have so much to watch. I'll put that on my list of. <laughs> 12,000 things to watch. Okay. But, uh, you should watch 90210. Craig is the, not going to watch 90210. I, I can, bar- I I can barely get him to watch other shows like Gossip Girl. He had a multi-million dollar trust fund. He was every girl's and gay boy's dream. He spoke like this. He was like, whatever. Brenda was like, you want to hang out today, Dylan? Whatever, Bren. So, of course, he was that, you know, aloof bad boy type. I mean, he really set the tone for the last 20 years of every team <laughs> bad boy. And so it's really, I wonder how it even feels for him mentally. It's like, there has to be some sort of, like with Molly Ringwald, they probably all sit around and go, remember this was, remember when this was us? Remember when you were, you were the movie's big it girl teen queen and I was the teen heartthrob on TV? Now we're their fucking parents. Jamie, <laughs> what, what would you like to see for Riverdale in the season? Bigger ratings. I want to see. I want to see this become a you know water cooler hit. I mean, yeah, where are these young people watching? Turn off the Kardashians and watch this show. That's what I basically told my sister. Um, it's like, come on, you know. But she watches. Was, but she, you told me that she watches ABC she Family. She watches. She does. She watches ABC Family. She watches Pretty Little Liars. And I'm like, okay, that just must be out of habit at this point because there have been 85 A reveals. I stopped watching that show like four years ago after like the 14th. This person is A. She is the definitive A. Not A, B, C, or D. This is A again. And I'm like, really? How long are you going to run this off the, the wheels? That's why, you know, I'm glad. I hope that I'm glad that this show is a mixture of murder mystery, but traditional teen soap, which Pretty Little Liars tried that too, but the shows that are predicated on a mystery tend to bore me after a while, because after you reveal the mystery, there needs to be a show that can continue, and that's what I feel. You know, I can see that after Jason Blossom's murderer is revealed, this show still has legs, but with a show like Pretty Little Liars or you know, one of these trying to find out who the bad person is, you know, well, they just have to keep trying to reinvent themselves and then they, it gets schlocky. So I'm, I'm well, glad that. No, oh, what'd you say, Craig? No, I was going to, I was going to say, following up on your point is, is what they have to do is they have to continue what they've done with Veronica where characters play against type. 
Mm -hmm. Veronica is not the stereotype. She really is in her own character, not some not some archetype that that has been in a hundred other shows. They have to keep doing that with the murder mystery. Uh, there's go, they're they're going to have to find a heart in Bloss, Sarah Blossom. They're going to have to have these characters not be the same old ones that you and I and everyone else has seen a hundred times. Right. If they continue that and they make this original. I think they I think they got something. Well, you know, and that's the beauty on. about archetype. It's like no one I don't think any any writing instructor would ever want someone to stick to archetype. You're supposed to turn them on your head. It's like the old saying, you master you master the form, but then you turn it on its head. Yeah. And yeah, and they and that was surprising because you know, I did tune in thinking I'm going to get snooty, evil Veronica, spunky Betty and kind of really let's be real. I Archie was really just a lucky ass guy in the comics because he wasn't the best looking guy in town. Reggie always was drawn to look better than him. And And Reggie had more money. Reggie had money and Archie didn't. But Archie was always the one covered in kisses at the end of the so you were, so he really, and you know they do kind of play that still like they play this that he just doesn't know why girls are drawn to him although the Archie in the comics well now he does you know now they've revamped Archie to where he doesn't have that little red helmet hair and the big three you know now he does look more like a Prince Harry type so he is you know written to be hotter so you know um well, I, I have a question. I just, have a question for I you guys. Say, I want the actors of this show to not jack off on Snapchat because last week <laughs> before that, so it's like KJ App. I think the little Sprouse boy already has done that in the past, or maybe it was his brother. One of them already have a a naked situation, but every male cast member pretty much on Teen Wolf. I'm like, are they competing with each other? They all had like leaked masturbation videos at the same time. And I'm like, you guys are rich. You can find someone to do that for you. Why are you taping yourselves masturbating? That just goes to show that a boy is going to be a boy, no matter how much money and fame he has. But keep it zipped, boys. That's not how we promote the show. Well, Jamie, uh, I want to switch topics just slightly because... Fox announced that they're going to be doing a new X-Men series. Uh, There's a put pilot that was put out, and they're developing an X-Men TV series. Now, DC has done really well on the CW with their comic book-based series, and on Netflix we've had a lot of success with the Marvel brand. But X-Men, of course, is owned by Fox. And... The, the the preview for it is that it's going or the the story is going to focus on two ordinary parents who discover their children possess mutant powers forced to go on the run from a hostile government the family joins up with an underground network of mutants and must fight to survive as a fan of the x-men because like whenever i whenever i've talked to you about comics offline it's been i'm a fan of the x-men i love the wonder twins and apache chief so what what would you like to see in what would you like to see in this in this okay. um in this series? For your geek people, I have to go ahead and add to that. I was a fan of all the Justice League of America. No, but when you talk most highly, it's Wonder Twins and Apache yes, Chief. It's the soup. It was that whole challenge of the Super Friends show. Yes, I like the Wonder Twins, but by God, you do you know how lame people L- consider listen? The I have I have had people tell me Jamie's favorite Wonder Twins. I mean, they they well, you, I that is Wonder Twins, but no, I no. I loved all of Challenge of the Super Friends because I was really, I liked feuds. So the fact that they had all of the Legion to do against all, those type of stories 
because it's soapy. It lends itself to soap opera. Everybody has a rival. Everybody's, but anyway, yeah. But no, it's, I don't just like the Wonder Twins and their little. No, I'm not saying you just <laughs> like them. I'm just saying those are the ones that came up the most often. As far, as far as Apache Chief, like. I'm the weird person who I fight for diversity, but then I also roll my eyes when it gets too crazy. So it pissed me off when, like, uh, someone pointed out to me that they don't use Apache Chief anymore because it's now offensive. And I'm like, man, you know, what was offensive about Apache Chief? But anyway, that's a whole other thing. I liked Apache Chief, so yes. And then Chuck! <laughs> okay, so back to the next bit. Well, you know, they already did this show, but that doesn't stop um, television. You know, they did Mutant X, the syndicated show that was uh, based mm. not on the X-Men, but it was based on a another Marvel uh, team. And I like Mutant X, so that's my thing. It's like, if they make it as fun as Mutant X was... Um, but Mutant you know, for- X, like, I watched Mutant X, but for me, that was just Saturday afternoon syndication that with that <laughs> level of a budget. I'm expecting more now that Marvel's producing these great series. That shouldn't be used as a detractor because Xena the Warrior Princess was also a Saturday evening syndicated show, and it was freaking incredible but yeah i'm excited about and marvel is so soapy so you know i like that you know um i you know because you've got logan and gene gray and the triangle um with the guy uh, what's his name scott with the burning eyes uh, <laughs> burning eyes yeah okay what is his name um, is it cyclops, cyclops? So, yeah, you know, their triangle and, you know, there's all there's so much more relationship based stuff. And I love the metaphors with X-Men and, you know, given the world we're living in today, the the fact that they use those metaphors as the X-Men being, you know, this um, misunderstood group of people that human beings want to, you know, restrict and cage and build a wall around or whatever it would be. I think they'll have a lot of you know, real life story to borrow from. Um, where is this supposed to be? Fox proper or Fox? Yeah. Fox. Um, broadcast. Uh, this is the thing about Fox broadcast. They give me one good season of a show and I get all excited and think whatever genre they're doing, they've, Oh, it's back. And then I get like with empire. I was so excited. And then it just goes off the rails after a while. So I'm, you know, I get, Fox needs better long-term strategy for their shows, and hopefully, you know, Marvel will be um, able to facilitate that. I mean, I feel like they did a better job mapping out Gotham than they have Empire. So, you know, as long as they map out, so that I, I can't, so that I, as an, an audience member, can't see in season two that they don't know where they're going, like I can with could with Empire. And now I'm just like, y'all are so far off the rails. Y'all don't know where to put stop and how to get back on track. And so well, I hope that, you know, cause Fox is really good at launching a show and then well, having it. They've had, not... they've had some successes with like bones cause bones has gone a long time, well, but and that's a procedural. Oh, true. You know, true. It's, I'm not saying procedurals are easier for anyone who writes them, but when you're writing a procedural, you pretty much know you've got to have, you know, the guy who's a skeptic and the girl who's uh, by the books or vice versa, a murder or a medical mystery that can't be solved. And then by the last commercial break, it just looks like it's never going to be solved. And then ta-da, you know, I mean, it's, they just all follow Sherlock Holmes. I mean, okay. every, every procedural, you know, 
people who love procedurals get mad at me like our Jillian Bo because I say that. It's like if you've watched one Law and Order, you can figure out every Law and Order. If you've watched one, I Holmes, make exceptions can... though for '80s classics like Murder She Wrote and oh, Magnum PI. Because I will love, I will watch those ones over and over, and it doesn't matter how many times I've watched the same episode. So mad at me when we had, you know, because I always had my own TV until like my uncle moved in with us for a couple of years, and I had to share with him because he was an adult, and adults got priority in my house, and so I'd have to sit in there and wait for. Oh, me crazy. I'm like, he's in his 30s and he's living with us. Why does he get special treatment? Why does he get to get my TV? Move out. But um, anyway. In about 20 years, you'll find out why. Was, <laughs> Jerry's falling on hard times. And so, you know, if he wants to watch his ball game in there, you're just going to have to share. And I'm like, Ugh, I want to watch Dynasty. So I'd have to go in there and wait for them to go to bed to watch TV and it would be freaking murder she wrote on and I would ruin it for them because I hadn't even watched it but I'm like you know that one's the killer right and they'd be like shut up (laughs) (laughs) Um, these shows are so predictable Craig, um, one of the I will say this in just response to Jamie's comment about Fox. I really hope that doesn't happen to Lethal Weapon because Lethal Weapon this year has turned into one of my favorite shows because it's got so much humor, so much comedy, so much action, and it has really good heart. Riggs on that, like the character, the portrayal of Riggs is so good. I'm really enjoying it. But Craig, what would you like? Yes, Wayne's amazing. He's he's fantastic. But what would you like to see in the X Men series, Craig? I want to see. I want to see. I don't want to see that. I I really don't want it to be a silly teen thing. I want it to be really deep, really powerful characters, but not not over the top. I want the. I mean, I want them to be dealing with real issues, real problems of of what would happen if you have powers. And and I want to feel like one of the things about superpowers, every teenage every teenager who who likes those types of things really wants to have those powers. And some of these things, like when I watched Chronicle, I uh, I had a problem with it because I didn't want to be like that. I wanted I want to see characters that I want to to relate to, ones that were like I was thinking about. I was Archie in in my hometown in my neighborhood. I was Archie. My friend Duke was was Reggie. Um, I had uh, we the girls were all you know Betty Veronica. That. So basically, I can look back there and I can and I can relate to Archie back then and today because that's my hometown. That's how I feel. I want X Men to be like that. I want to be able to uh, to relate to the characters. I kind of, I'm, I've been watching this this one that you know I, I really like Scorpion and it's on again you know every year. Uh, I like that because I can relate to the characters. I don't feel like they're over the top. I don't feel, feel like they're always depressed. Now, they're not always successful. I want reality in in a TV sense. And so that's what I would like to see with X-Men because they, sometimes they take take these things way over the top. They go too far. I want this to be a real, a real TV show with people who I want to be like and whose powers I want to have. So, uh, you know, that's me. That's why some of these shows you recommend, Luke, they, they're so unreal and so you know so out of any realm of of my experience that I I just can't stand. All I have it. to say is Battlestar Galactica. That is my trump card, and you know it. Um, mm, on that yes. note, we would encourage. Except, except 
the wrong the Starbucks the series. And, and but you in. admit that is one of the best shows you've ever watched. Is it not? It, well, I won't go quite that far, but it is extremely good. Yes, it okay. is. Extremely on that note, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash GK confidential. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash GK confidential. Write us a review on iTunes. Jamie, our special guest star, thank you for joining us. Glad to be here. Until next time, so long. Bye. Bye, everyone, and get Jamie thanks. Always <laughs> is a lot. <laughs>